0: to answer the question of my very loving wife, yes, we are still doing this. (laughs) Did you really ask that? She implied it. It was implied. (laughs) Like, wasn't that a fun hobby? It was. For a little bit. Yeah. That was a good good six months you guys had. You had a good run. (laughs) Um,
1: As in contrast to Mm -hmm. that, my wife uh, did not know that we weren't
0: still doing it. Oh, wow. So, So...
1: They shows you how little they both yeah, care. Yeah,
0: they are blowing up our iTunes feed. <laughs> it's a little embarrassing, ladies. Oh, we get it. Man. Thanks, but let's we are we are space. kind of popular. Yeah, with certain demographics. With certain demographics. Yeah. My dad's friends. Yeah, your dad. Um, we're huge with your dad. Yeah, that the, the whole dad demographic. Yeah, my dad not so much. Not in the podcasts. That's He's in his seventies. <laughs> He's got a bad heart. He doesn't have the time.
1: Um hi. Hello. I missed you. Yeah. This has been a while. Yeah, it has uh been. thanks folks for, for coming back around. Yeah. Season two. Season two. Slash we, 2017 season. Yeah, we did
0: not realize we were doing this uh seasonally. But yeah. you know, we roll with the punches, we go with the flow. It's been ten seconds
1: and I've already taken off two pieces of clothing, so that's Pretty good. We're on yep. a roll. Yeah, we are
0: adjacent to some high tech podcasting equipment. We're not using it, but we are adjacent to it. So we are moving closer to mm-hmm. legitimacy.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's equipment mm-hmm. um, that looks like it would make everything sound great, amazing. <laughs> so maybe someday, someday, um, we'll get to be in here at the same time as someone else who's who knows using how to it. use it. Yeah. yeah,
0: and then yeah. We will... This is like our vision board. <laughs> you know, this is our own personal secret. <laughs> we just break into places. Yeah, we just break into places and room. we look at it. We don't use their stuff, but we look at it and we go, man, that'd be nice.
1: How was your, uh, how was your 2015 time?
0: Like most people's, it was
1: terrible. Yeah, it was, uh... I realized after asking that question, what a what a horrible year. <laughs> what a just a Really, really
0: tailspun and just nosedived into New Year's. <sighs> oh,
1: man. And, uh... It all started with with the Mariners not making the playoffs again.
0: I think that's really what happened. happened. That was the catalyst for everything that went bad Mm -hmm. went wrong in 2016 was the Mariners missing. But on the bright side, so much time for activities in October. (laughs) (laughs) What did you do in October? Uh, My son turned two. Oh, that's right. Uh, I went trick-or-treating at the end of the month. Did you go as anything? I went as the guy carrying the two-year-old. I did (laughs) not understand the concept yet. Yeah, first house he was skeptical. And then when they gave him candy, he tried to run into their home. <laughs> so that's a whole other conversation <laughs> that we have to have. And then he started handing his candy back to people as we got to their houses, because he felt like this was like a pay it forward type of situation. That's really sweet of him, though. It's very nice. We gotta we're gonna we're gonna teach that out of him. You gotta get to burn that yeah. capitalist selfish exactly. mentality. Yeah, that's gonna get us deported. <laughs> Keeps that nonsense up.
1: <laughs> I uh, yeah, we went trick or treating. My daughter was a Little Mermaid. Uh, I was uh, just a dad running after her. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the same thing. Yeah. Like kids don't get that. Like if you just don't stand there, you know, you're not going to get more more food and That's more true. candy. And but it was a lot of fun. Uh, had a had a good winter uh have my Twitter feed uh up since I use Twitter now. Um so I, you know, got to swipe uh ignore on all the notifications <laughs> of what Jerry DePito was doing. Exactly. Um which I think he was averaging maybe like five or six transactions a day. At least. Um and uh then had a good Christmas and and uh and now we're here. We are here. Um and what did did what did you get for Christmas? Did you get anything sweet for Christmas? That was was awesome. It's not like we haven't seen each other since then. Yeah. We're just trying to update everything for you listeners because
0: Yeah, the people who you yeah. tuned in to our Daryl Johnson episode <laughs> <laughs> and then have just been on the wire going, what have, what have they been doing? <laughs> what are their thoughts on major holidays? We skipped right past Thanksgiving because yeah. fuck that. Yeah. So. Every day is Thanksgiving if you if you hate yourself enough. <laughs> Uh, as far as Christmas, what did I get for I did put together a trampoline and a tricycle for my son. That was probably the most memorable memorable part. That, w- that was after you finally finished putting together the train set. The train set the for his birthday, birthday. Yeah. 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 So was... I finished that one early or mid-December <laughs> <laughs> and immediately went right into the next project, a miniature trampoline and a tricycle.
1: And how is that still going? Oh, yeah. Okay. I,
0: I hope to have that done by the time he graduates. <laughs> We be able to use it as this like going away gift. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna put we're gonna load all of his stuff for college on the back of the trike, and just push him down our driveway, and hope that that momentum gets him as far as it's gonna go. CBC. Yeah. That's all you need. That's all we need. It's all rain. downhill
1: from there. Speaking of downhill, that's <laughs> no okay. no, that's really that's a brutal <laughs> transition. So talking about the 2016 Mariners. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the season in review in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about the 2017 Mariners in preview a little bit and then kind of do some, um, uh, what are we going to be up to this season of YOY podcast?
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, where can you find us on YOY podcast? Cause we don't talk about that enough. Um, but, uh, as we always do, we have to start with the stat of the podcast. We do.
0: And this one's a surprise.
1: In that you know what it is, and I do I don't. do, yeah. I know what it
0: is. I found this, and I told you specifically not to read it. Which is fine, because I'm all about the yeah. minimum amount of work. Absolutely. So I didn't think that was going to be a stretch for you, <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to make sure. <laughs> it was an easy bar. Yeah. So last week, ESPN put together a list of the worst positions on every team for the last decade. Okay. The introduction... To this article, and this is league-wide, but the introduction is all about how terrible the Mariners' left fielding position <laughs> has been.
1: <laughs> yeah, start somewhere.
0: Yeah, and that was the easiest transition for him to get right into it. Uh, and here's here's what they say about the left field position. This one goes way back. Ken Griffey Jr. patrolled center field 11 seasons, which seems unnecessary to dig the knife Yeah, from, that's like bleeding with, with Like we with fucking Ken. know. We yes know we he end. was there. And played next to nine different regular left fielders in 11 seasons, including Pee Wee Briley, <laughs> Jeffrey Leonard, Kevin Mitchell, Eric Anthony, Jose Cruz Jr., and Brian, the fast one, Hunter. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's gonna be its own wing of canton here in a couple years. <laughs> that's so depressing. Yeah. So now that's not even that doesn't even in that's not even the last decade, because Griffey was there obviously a yeah. longer time ago than that. Uh, They have not done much better since Mm -hmm. then. Obviously, last year, Nori was supposed to be the answer. He was Um, not. He was not. And now we have Jared Dyson filling in. But he's going to be a pending free agent, so we'll probably just continue the the turnstile at left field. But here's the thing. They did a countdown of the ten worst position groups over the last decade based on war. Okay. Left field for the Mariners is not on there. It was just their intro to this topic. Left field for the Mariners is not on there. However, the Mariners are on there twice. Oh man! So your job is to guess which positions—oh no—are listed as the ten worst position groups of the last decade, based on WAR. So, um... so first, let's try to you, guess so what's the, what the worst one is for the Mariners.
1: Well, so let's 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 start with this. You have. Uh, three outfielders, plus four infielders, plus your pitcher and catcher.
0: Yep. That okay. Is, that so, is what a baseball
1: team is made. Well, of. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just starting from to, the bottom. Yeah. Saying, saying, saying the to, com- yeah. To, to comprise. So when we're talking about the worst position groups, mm-hmm. now, but you said ten
0: they, position They groups. listed down ten the top the ten worst position groups. Position groups of the last decade. Position groups oh. being first base, third base, can you repeat? Left field, right field. Yeah. So these are just the worst. What they did is they compiled the WAR for positions okay. for the last ah. decade, and the worst ones they counted down ten to one. Oh Jesus! Oh my God! We've already given away ah. that left field is not included. Left field is not included. Yeah, that's that's
1: impressive. Um, I am going to have to say, uh, Mariners not there twice course Mm -hmm. catchers um and catchers and i think third base is going to be a stronger one i have to so pitchers have to be a stronger one center field has to be a little bit stronger and i think even right field would be okay shortstop they've been meh and for oh boy they had second um So I think I think I think I I know right. This is what's so (laughs) depressing. Uh, Okay, I think I think catchers is on there for sure, and uh, for me the 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 last group has to be between first base and shortstop. Um, And I'm gonna have to go with shortstop. So catchers and shortstop.
0: Catchers is on there. Yes, as the third worst position group. (laughs) <laughs> of all time. Of the last decade. <laughs> oh, man. With a cumulative negative 17 wins. Oh, God. Above average. That's so bad. Yeah. So here are the starters for the last decade. Oh, no. At catcher. Okay. Kenji Jojima. Yeah. Rob he, Johnson. Yep. <laughs> Miguel Olivo for two years. Yeah.
1: Uh, so nice they, they brought him back. Yeah. Mike Zaninu. Mike Zaninu. And Chris Ionetta. And Chris Ionetta. Yeah.
0: yeah. So yeah. here's what they have to say about the Seattle catchers. Oh, God. The lethal double dosage of bad hitters and bad defense. Mariners catchers have hit just two twenty-three with a two eighty-one on base percentage. <laughs> Zaninu performed a better last season after some time in the minors, and he's at least a solid defender. And while Mariners left fielders just missed being in their top 10 worst positions, don't worry, we're not done with you. Because at number two, worst that's position group of the last old, decade. Oh, my God. Is Seattle Mariners' first baseman. Ah, first base. With a negative 19.2. Oh, my God. War. And the starters for the last decade there, Richie Sexton for yeah, two years so on the down, on the down Uh Russell Brannion. <laughs> oh, my God. Casey Kochman. Yep. yep, Casey Kochman. Got Four him. years of Justin Smoke. Yep. Yeah, that's enough to... Logan Morrison. Logan Morrison. And Adam Lind. And Adam Lind. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. And that is including a good year from Brandon in 2009.
1: A good year from Brandon and a couple of not
0: awful years from Smoke. Yep. I mean, he. you know. Yep. However, it does wow. also include the year Kochman hit 210. Yeah. The agonizing, this is a quote from ESPN, which I feel like they're being a little twist the knife a little bit. The agonizing run of Smoke's warning track power, the year Morrison hit 225 with a 302 on base percentage and then Lynn's 286 on base percentage last season. And then the ever the everlasting question, to close it out, where have you gone, John Olderoo?
1: Oh, God. That does twist
0: the knife, right? Oh, man. Yeah. That is super depressing, right? So we're getting off on a good foot. We've been gone too long. I wanted to dive right back into
1: it. Just get right back into the mindset that uh, makes us want to open up a couple
0: of veins in a bathtub. Absolutely. Uh, So here's the other thing. They go on to talk about teams, positions with the most turnover as well in the last decade. Okay. And the Mariners are also on there twice.
1: Uh, I mean, it would have to be, I would assume, left field and also...
0: With the most turnover? Yeah. In the last 10 years, we right have field? two positions that have had nine different primary starters. Nine different primary starters in the last, in the last how many years? last 10 years. Nine different years. starters in the last 10 years. Like opening day? Mm-hmm. Uh, or they just say primary. So you're saying left field? Well, I think right field
1: is one of them. Um, maybe not left field, actually. Uh
0: Left field and um, shortstop. It is left field, and it is DH. Damn. So in the last ten years, the left field we had a Raúl Abiños, who's the only guy who spent two years there. Wow. There's an asterisk on this one because then you have Vladimir Abalantine, mm-hmm. Michael Saunders, Carlos Bigero, Casper Wells, Abiños again because he left the team and came back. Dustin Ackley, Seth Smith, and Nori Aoki. And at DH, we had Jose Vidro for two years. Oh, my God. Ken Griffey Jr. for that one year that we don't talk about. Russell Brannion. Jack Cust. Whoa. Oh. Jesus Montero. Kendris Morales. Corey Hart. <laughs> Mark Trumbo. And Nelson Cruz.
1: Mark Trumbo. Don't recognize him. No. Um, but uh, Nelson Cruz. Never heard of him.
0: Nelson Cruz is, is good. He's good at his job. Wow. Yeah. So, hot stat coming right out of the gate. Oh, boy. Well, that was really... That was depressing as (laughs) shit to start out.
1: None of that is at all surprising. I'm actually more surprised that the Mariners didn't have uh, more representation on either of those lists. Because it it does feel like season after season... uh, there's so much turnover and so much change mm-hmm. and and so much mediocrity that it's 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 hard to keep track of.
0: Yeah. It really is. Yeah. But to go a different starter almost every year it's hard to do. It is. It like is at some point do. you eventually just go, Well, we have this guy. He was just here before. Throw we him out there his, again. Have him start again. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh,
1: I mean the two thousand sixteen season was actually, by all accounts, not entirely unsuccessful. Um, there was actually a little while there that uh, the Mariners were leading the American League West. Um, it was the the latest that they had led the American League West uh, into the season in a very long time. They uh, hit pretty well. They they pitched okay, not as well as, as, as they have been in the past, but... They wound up finishing ten games over five hundred. went eighty six and seventy six. That was that was not too bad. Yeah, I just poor enough to miss the playoffs. Just poor enough to miss the playoffs. I I had started keeping track of how the Mariners were were doing overall, and uh, it was about when they slipped into second place, and the Rangers were on that huge tear in uh, June. That I, I was kind of like oh that's right I, I we, this is why we can't have nice things, and I kind of and I kind of let it let it slip after that. But the Mariners were in in first place for for about a month. Yeah, which is which is pretty impressive. They were uh, for at least a, a good part of the year. Their team ERA and uh, opposing uh, opponent batting average was lower than the league average. And for most the rest of the second half of the season, their batting average and team on base percentage were higher than the league average. So that, that was something that hadn't happened in a long time. But it's, uh, it's hard to do anything when all of a sudden the Rangers are good again. And, yeah. and how very Texas Rangers of them to all of a sudden find a way to claw themselves out of the basement uh, when the Mariners start doing well.
0: Yeah. And I take it as a personal insult to the state of Texas. With... What everyone agreed was arguably one of the most haphazardly constructed <laughs> <Yes>. rosters <laughs> in baseball. Like nobody nobody yeah. believed in that roster and then they were just like, Fine, we'll just win a hundred thousand <laughs> games. Uh Screw I, I, all of you. I called them aggressively normal.
1: Yeah. Like there was there, there was no there was no one on that team that was like, well, except for Beltrade, you were you know mm. oh God. Well, we keep talking about Beltre, but yeah. that's only because we miss him so much. Beltre, Beltre, we miss you. So the 2016 season, um, like we said before, went 86 and 76, played pretty well. Um, by all accounts, Felix had a, had a down year. Mm-hmm. Um, but luckily there's that other guy who's been pitching a lot for the Mariners uh, that people keep forgetting actually – Plays for the Mariners, which is Hisashi Iwakuma. Yeah, um, and the fact that he's actually now been playing for the Mariners um, longer than a lot of pitchers ever have. So uh, he tried to get away. He tried to get away. They wouldn't let they him. Would not let him. <laughs> uh, so he'll be back. Yeah, that's great. So he played pretty well, of course. Robinson Cano, uh, Kyle Seeger improving on about every major stat again. Uh, which is something he's done in the last three years. He's improved his RBI, his batting average, and his home run total every year for the last three years. That's exactly what you want to see when you bring someone up who's a young, uh, big young talent. Yeah. Um, of course, how how Mariners would it be if Kyle Seeger was related to someone who was actually maybe even better than he was, who had just started playing for another team? So I'm really glad that that's not happening yeah. right now. Um, we're not going to look into that. No, I, but I'm confident in saying that that's not a problem. Just the way he carries himself. Clearly an only child. Clearly an only child. Um, I'm sure doesn't have a stud no. you, know, you know, brother somewhere playing in the National League. And, yeah. and like we've said before, we're going to do no, no nope. research into that at all. Nope. So, uh, you know, I mean, we can kind of talk a, a little bit about um, how they performed in you know in in 2016 i i did think that this was interesting um the mariners had the oldest average age of any lineup in
0: 2016 yeah they started going in a different directions instead of being well you know they started out as the team where people went to die
1: yes and then they were <laughs> like
0: well let's get really young and then be the team filled with like potential that everyone mm-hmm. wants to trade us mm mm-hmm their players to die mm-hmm. for younger guys. And now we've transitioned back into the Just
1: everyone goes yeah. there. It's
0: the retirement. Yeah. The retirement home of the MLB. Yeah. If we had a team I don't think I don't think Seattle will ever have a team that's just in its prime. Um, They're either two years away or six years behind them. <laughs> they were uh, above the
1: average in pitcher age. So that was one of the things that uh, I know DePito has talked about wanting to do. With Scott Cervase, is let's lower the age. Let's get a lot of young speedy guys on there. And I know that that was one one of the reasons why they made. Um, I think we are up to now 473 uh, transactions. Yeah, well,
0: we've been talking for
1: 20 minutes. So who knows um, how long? Yeah, how many more
0: he's he's um, thrown in there. So that's why we're pleased to announce that Felix Hernandez is not pitching for Miami. Again, um, not going to research that. No.
1: Um, Just assume. <laughs> um, and uh, they were a little bit above the league average in uh, payroll as well. So that's classic Mariners for you. They they wound up finishing second place in the AOS, uh, again behind Texas. Uh, 86 and 76. They were 18 and 12 in their last 30 games. Classic Mariners finishing out the season strong mm-hmm. after there was absolutely no hope of them actually making the playoffs. But they were uh, 30 and 30 in uh, run one, one run games, um, which is a lot of one run games. Yeah. That's 60. Um, to put this in contrast, Texas. Which played 47 one-run games was 36 and 11. Jeez. The only team that played uh, that were only let's see, they did play more one-run games than any other uh, any other team in the majors. That's
0: also classic Mariners. Yeah, they want to get your money's worth. <laughs> <They don't laughs> A lot of those one-run games
1: were uh, tenth-ending losses yeah. that we were really really excited about. Which is why uh they were only nine and eight in extra inning games, even though it felt like every single one of those was at home, but they actually played pretty well on the road this year um, and they managed to play pretty well at home, which traditionally they don't do uh, don't do very well. They had a negative luck rating, which is essentially games that maybe didn't go your way that that should have, but uh, not a very big one, so uh, only negative one um. A good example would be the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, were negative nine in that rating. So it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Texas uh, had a plus thirteen luck rating. Of course they did. Um, because Texas, that might be a, a continuing theme this year as well. Also, looking at things like uh, batting average, they were above the league average in batting average, which does not happen very much for the for the Mariners. They uh, hit as a team 259 uh, with an on-base percentage of 326, slugging percentage of 430. They uh, hit a total of 223 home runs, which was third most in the majors behind Baltimore and St. Louis. All to say, uh, put Edgar in the Hall of Fame. Oh, my God. Not as a player, than as a hitting coach. They allowed... uh, fewer uh, runs per game than league average, had uh, 49 saves, which was more than league average. I mean, they they were above average as a team in more categories than we're used to seeing, but still did not quite reach that threshold once more. Texas shot out of the gate, and then you had um, Toronto overperforming. Is that fair to say, overperforming? I think that's fair to say. Yeah. They overperformed. Yeah. But that all leads us into what's happening in 2017 and what happened at the end of 2016 to lead us into 2017. So why don't you uh, enlighten us if we can keep track of the ticker.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Do we take a shot every time we talk about a transaction or (laughs) would we die? I think we we, we would would die, die,
0: yeah. I don't know if I don't know if Lyft is, is available yet here, so <laughs> we'll be able to get home. Yeah, so what happened at the end of twenty sixteen is that someone unlocked Jerry DePoto's phone for him <laughs> and he immediately started making deals. Uh, first off, they obviously had uh, some decisions to make on some of the uh, guys currently on their roster, mm-hmm. so they exercised the options of Seth Smith. Yep. AKA Dad Bod. Dad Bod. Yep. Uh, but declined the option on Chris Iannetta, so he had free agency, and then they reinstated Nathan Carnes from the 60-day uh, DL. Mm-hmm. So he finished the year hurt. So then November 7th, they acquire Carlos Ruiz, which is basically Chris Iannetta, <laughs> <laughs> from the Dodgers for Vidal Nuno and exercised the 2017 club option on Ruiz. On November 12th, so, like, a week later, they acquired a utility player, Danny Valencia, from Oakland for right-handed pitcher Paul Blackburn. And now mm-hmm. Valencia is going to slate it in to be a platoon at first base because yep. who doesn't remember how great the platoon always works at first base? <laughs> November 22nd, they placed right-handed pitcher Tom Wilhelmson on waivers for the purpose of granting him unconditional release. So, you know, let's be honest, they're gonna pick him back up mid season oh at some my point. God. You can't stay away from the bartender. You
1: can't. Somebody needs to buy the drinks. <clears throat> at some point, they're going to be up six runs in the eighth, and people are gonna start leaving for the stands, mm-hmm. and they're gonna say, We need to make this
0: interesting, we need to keep people here to sell beer. Yep. As people are leaving their seats, one man will be walking towards the field. Surprise, <laughs> it's Tom Wilhelmson. He brought his glove. Don't worry. <laughs> He's got this. We're
1: gonna let uh oh man. Let's say the Chicago White Sox score five runs at yeah, the top of the eighth, and then uh two more
0: runs in the top of the ninth. Yeah, so I'm glad I'm glad he has stuff to do. <laughs> so then on November twenty-third, the big move this year uh was that the Mariners acquired shortstop John Segura. Mitch Haniger and left-handed pitcher Zach Curtis from Arizona for Taiwan Walker and infielder Kettle Marte. Apparently, the Walker experiment is over, and this is how we found out. Yeah, it 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 was
1: not um, bad. Uh, He was wildly inconsistent, and I I, I, that was kind of um, that combined with injury. I think made the Mariners brass possibly a little nervous. Do we have time to stick around and wait and see if this pans out? Mm-hmm. Or while he still has more upside, do we trade him for someone um, that we know we can maybe use right now?
0: Yeah, uh, I think I think at the end of the day, him and Paxton were, are seen as kind of a package deal. Mm-hmm. So they're going to act as in the same capacity when they reach their full potential mm-hmm. in, in management's eyes. And so do they need two of those guys on the roster? Mm-hmm. No well, maybe let's trade one with, with some trade value to get a shortstop that can hit the top of the order, even though we they had a kind of started the to see the that at the, towards the end of last year. That was, didn't <sighs> seem to address a glaring need. What might that need be? Well, as we learned earlier, first base and catcher. <laughs> exactly.
1: That, that, that's what kind of made me stop in that trade, was not necessarily that they got rid of Tywin Walker um because he people could not stop talking about trading Tylon Walker that was a very popular uh motif uh, throughout the last couple of years a, even when he kind of struggled he was still really high up there on the yeah, list of it's players it's a Seattle who tradition of discussing trading your top pitching prospect <laughs> <laughs> the one that really blew me away was trading a super fast uh pretty good hitting until he got injured Young shortstop with great defensive potential for an older shortstop who could hit at the top of the order but also was a pretty good fielder. But I, yeah, but didn't we? We already had wait, hold on. We already had the shortstop, but then they got rid of the can you? Yeah, if you I, close
0: your eyes, you're not going to remember which one's which. <sighs> Um, that's the I move think, that I don't get. Yeah, I mean, it just seemed like they were swapping out pieces that were the same. Yeah, but they they they're very high on Segura. They're very excited about it everyone's him. high on Segura. Yeah, I mean
1: that's been a, a very like common theme in in uh, a lot of the 2017 preview articles. Is oh hey look they got John Segura. Yeah.
0: Um, so here's here's I a know. counterpoint to that. Now he did have a career year with Arizona and. 2016. Hit 319 uh, with a 368 uh, on base percentage, 499 slugging. Hit 20 home runs, 64 RBI, had 33 stolen bases, and posted a war of 5.7 as mm-hmm. their leadoff hitter. All excellent. Yeah. It's um, fantastic. Now, this was the first time he had to transition to second base in Arizona. They they didn't want him playing shortstop. So now he's going to move back to shortstop because obviously we have a second baseman.
1: Mm-hmm. And that would be. Yeah. Uh, I want to say Jose Lopez. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: well, we'll see what he's doing, but yeah. we can yeah. only hope. Fingers on, crossed. More on him later. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: Tune in next week.
0: Yeah, so then I, I looked up his, his fantasy projection, and this is obviously not real baseball, but right. fantasy deals with a lot of stats, especially in baseball. Uh, so here's what they had to say. Uh, Segura's one-year stop in Arizona resulted in a dream outcome. Installed as the Diamondbacks' leadoff hitter and starting second baseman, he set career bests in practically every hitting category, finishing sixth on the player radar. While that helped erase a reputation as a one-category performer, he stole at least 20 bases in each of the past four years, averaging 30 per year. So that's that's good. That's that great. Is good. That's a great skill to have. But it's kind of his one. His Skill score. that has remained throughout his entire career. He had to get on base in
1: order to steal the
0: ball. Yeah. So his underlying numbers hinted he'll probably regress in 2017. Perhaps significantly. Because <laughs> of course, why wouldn't he? He just came to Seattle. <laughs> they go on half of his 20 home runs were a hit in his final 39 games, so he got hot late. He continued to have major issues covering the outer third of the plate, a career-long problem and he continued to exhibit a free-swinging approach masked by his backing into unusually large number of hitters' counts. Worse yet, the move to Seattle, despite Safeco Field's homer-friendly 2016 output, hurts his power upside. Now, he's made enough adjustments to contribute with the bat, but they're probably closer to his four-year baseline of 281 and 11 home runs. Now, you say all that, and in my head I go... 281 is bad. Yeah, 281. <laughs> we'll take that for, without a doubt.
1: <laughs> for the Mariners. Yeah. That, sounds, that sounds delightful. Yeah,
0: but couldn't we get 281 out of Marte?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So Marte finished hitting 259 with a 287 on base percentage, 323 slugging percentage, with one home run. So maybe we don't get the power from Marte. Eleven stolen bases, con stealing five times. So you know, it wasn't great. But he was also injured quite a bit. He's yeah. a much younger guy. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of upside potential. Basically, I am really excited. To uh, get to root for him in the All Star game for
0: Arizona, yeah, because obviously after leaving Seattle, he's gonna Super probably win the MVP. Yeah, within three years, really exciting. Point. Yeah, yeah. At some point, it's just gonna be former Mariners prospects <laughs> <laughs> who have gone on to other teams and realized, oh, this is how you play the baseball. Yeah.
1: So I mean, th- th- that was a bit of a head scratcher as I'm reading Cattell Marte's stats. It feels more understandable, but it was also a scenario where, um, despite my wife's wishes, I did watch some Mariner games mm-hmm. this year, um, and I really liked Cattell Marte. Yeah. Um, he seemed like he at least, um, at times, kind of knew what he was doing, mm-hmm. uh, knew what he was doing at the plate, and that might have been a product of
0: our hitting coach. Yeah. Um, because overall the Mariners perform much better. Yeah, you give him more time uh, to develop and a year to stay healthy, Mm -hmm. and he could probably approach 281. Yeah. Probably not 11 home runs, but, you know, if he's getting on – you don't necessarily need double-digit home runs from your leadoff hitter. No. You need him to get on base and then move. Yeah. Which
1: it sounds like John Segura can do. So, you know, I mean, maybe it works
0: out. Yeah, he's – I feel like the tone isn't that we're sending out is that he's bad. He's not bad. He's a good baseball player. Great baseball One players. of the better shortstops. Yes. Was it a glaring need? Does it make the team necessarily better? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yes, it makes the shortstop position marginally better.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Sure, but does it make the team overall better? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. see.
1: They're they're you know it's like. Uh, it's like you're missing a toe on your left foot and, and you decide uh, maybe I'll fix this scratch that I have on my right foot.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: it's like, there's still other problems to be had. Mm-hmm. You, maybe overall you're a little bit better, but it's it wasn't the biggest thing that you could have done to make an improvement. Yeah. You, your, your ROI is a little bit smaller with that. Yeah, it's, it like we, it's like going
0: in twice. for a tooth whitening when you're missing your two front teeth. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a much better analogy. <laughs> I like that. Like, so yes, hey, Maybe there's other stuff yes. you should be focusing on. Yes, okay, it helps. <laughs> but maybe address the need yeah. before you get the frills. I'll, I'll, I like yours so much better than mine. <laughs> Damn it. All right. Uh so what else did they do? Because they weren't done. They were not done, no. We're not even out of November yet. <laughs> <laughs> so November twenty eighth, they acquire uh pitchers Rob Whalen and Max Poofs from Atlanta for outfielder Alex Jackson and a player mm-hmm. to be named later. Uh that's significant because Alex Jackson was arguably the best player in the farm system. Yeah. Or one of.
1: Yeah. He, DJ Peterson, Mm -hmm. uh, was another uh, really good farm player. Um, But Alex Jackson, I think, was he might have been number one. If he wasn't,
0: then DJ Peterson
1: was. Yeah, he was up there.
0: One of of the better prospects that we have, so we traded him away and somebody else to be determined uh, for a couple of pitchers that are going to be mid-relief guys, Mm -hmm. possibly, maybe. Although, you know,
1: one of the things that the Mariners had to address... Um, their 2015 relief pitching was fantastic. Their 2016 relief pitching was okay. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like their 2017 relief pitching will be better than okay. So, that, that, that you know, all of this done to make upgrades, it yeah. doesn't sound like they really regressed in any category. No. Um, uh,
0: but they, they seem to be more concerned with winning now, like in the short term... Yes. ...than they are for building sustained success. This is the problem that you run into
1: when you sign these big contracts with people mm-hmm. like Robinson Cano and Jose Cruz, because... Or not Jose Cruz, Nelson Cruz. Mm-hmm. Um Because now you have the pressure to win now while well, those people are still good and you're paying them so much money. Like yeah. You feel like you don't have time. Yeah. If everyone were young and cheap, well, shit, that wouldn't matter, but... Yeah. Now you have Felix losing a lot of velocity, uh, maybe underperforming a little bit in 2016. You start to worry. Um, You're paying Nelson Cruz and Robinson Cano a lot of money. Yep, and Nelson Cruz isn't going to play the
0: field this year. No. Like, there's there's a little bit more pressure. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. But you see that shift in thinking, giving up a long-term asset in Alex Jackson Mm -hmm. and in Taiwan Walker... For short-term prospects and yeah. a 30-year-old shortstop, and uh, some middle relief pitchers that could help you this year. Yeah. Um, now they they have added even more to the bullpen. Uh, they signed Mark Rozimski and Casey Fine December third. Mm-hmm. Um, Rozimski. Rozimski. There's a lot of vowels and consonants. I think it's Rozimski. Yeah. Uh, last spent last season with Oakland and Washington appeared in 70 games pitched 47 and 2 thirds innings had a 2.64 ERA 1.57 WHIP
1: mm-hmm.
0: 46 strikeouts 29 walks a so 1.1 WAR mm-hmm. so he's a solid bullpen arm yeah. that's really going to help he's he's like in his early 30s so he's mm-hmm. he's a short-term guy but they got him on a two-year deal and uh fine appears to be a a person with an arm so not great. Didn't have great stats last year. Appeared in 39 games with Minnesota and the Dodgers. Yeah. Uh, uh, 39.1 innings pitched, a 5.4 ERA, mm-hmm. 1.4 whip, uh, 35 strikeouts, 10 walks, mm-hmm. and a negative .4 war.
1: Yeah, it... it, it that's a, I, I think, a good example for Casey Fine of uh, the ERA being a little bit of an aberration compared to the rest of the stats. For actually pretty good, if not even better than Mark Kinskey. Yeah. So,
0: so he's comparable in a lot coming of in areas. In bases loaded situations, yeah. a little bit harder to work out. Yeah. Of, but. Uh, so continuing December fifth, they add some depth to the catcher position. Guess signing Jesus Sucre on a one-year contract, which begins the very brief. <laughs> saga of Jesus Sucre with the uh, Seattle Mariners in 2017. Uh, December 9th, they uh, trade for Chris Heston, another pitcher from San Francisco, for a player to be determined. Uh, then January 6th was a busy day. Yep. Uh, Traded dad bod, Seth Smith, oh, to God, Baltimore for know. Giovanni Gallardo and mm-hmm. some cash. And before people could finish the sentence, well, what are we going to do about the outfit? He traded uh, Nathan Carnes to Kansas City for Jared Dyson. Yes. So now we know. Yeah. Problem so now solved. We know. Problem solved. We didn't we – We just be patient. Mm-hmm. He's going to trade everyone for everyone.
1: Yeah. And, and if it feels like the Mariners' strategy for outfielders is to send all of them to Baltimore, mm-hmm. uh, it's because that's exactly what yeah. it
0: is. That's the, that's the, the Mariner's someone, way. Somewhere in the history of the franchise, someone sent a memo that mm-hmm. inadvertently told everyone yeah. that Baltimore is the AAA affiliate for their outfielders. Mm-hmm. So anytime you want to get rid of an outfielder, just send them to mm-hmm. Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And Baltimore has done nothing to correct this error. No. I, I suspect some type of uh, corporate espionage.
1: It's one of those things where it's like, like that's why you read the terms and conditions when exactly. you upgrade Apple. Like Because that's how you get in these situations where yeah. now the Mariners are legally forced to send outfielders to Baltimore almost every year. Yep. Um, and that's fine because <laughs> it's not like they turn out to be, I don't know, home run leaders right. or all-star outfielders. No, so.
0: never happens. So January 11th, uh, Mariners add another arm to the rotation. They trade uh, outfielder Malik Smith, shortstop Carlos Vargas, and left-handed pitcher Ryan Yarbrough to Tampa for Drew Smiley. Um, Drew Smiley is a classic back end of the rotation arm. Mm-hmm. He's going to give you a lot of innings.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They're not always going to be effective. Uh, he's not going to win a bunch of games He's a real Carlos
1: Silva, that guy. He is.
0: He is an innings eater. <laughs> he is someone who you're like, you know, we can drop a game.
1: Uh-huh. Just rest
0: <laughs> the bullpen. <laughs> We're going to leave you out there to to give up four or five runs. Just mm-hmm. get to the seventh or eighth mm-hmm. inning. That's all we really care about. So welcome to Seattle, <laughs> Drew Smiley. <laughs> so on January 27th, uh, they claimed catcher Tuffy Goswitch, all-star name. That's such a great name. Yeah, off waivers from Atlanta. Uh, traded uh, catcher Jason Goldstein to Oakland for Dylan Overton, another pitcher. And then designated Jesus Sucre, who just signed his one-year deal for assignment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but don't don't worry, he no. did not make it to Tacoma. Oh, good, because on February they traded him to ah. Tampa for nothing, <laughs> for a player to be determined or, or cash, cash, one of the two, whatevs. So that was kind of the major. Those are obviously not all of them, because we only have an hour. Yeah. Those are some of the more notable acquisitions. Uh, so looking at the roster, it's obviously going to be very different than it was last year, as mm-hmm. last year's roster was very different from the mm-hmm. year before. Um, but there's some notable newcomers. Um, obviously, Segura at shortstop is is going to be the one that gets a lot of the attention. Yeah. Um, good or bad? Good or bad? Good. Hopefully, good. Yeah. Hopefully, he he can continue providing a bit of pop uh, at the top of the lineup. Um, and can continue to steal bases, uh, and does not catch whatever curse uh, befalls players who have their career <laughs> year before coming to Seattle, where he forgets how to run, or field, yeah. or swing a baseball. Bat. What bases are, yeah. or, or what yeah. field means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, one guy that I'm excited about uh, is Dan Vogelbach. Now, he's kind of... On the all-name team. Yeah, also like, on the all-name team with Goosewish.
1: <laughs> when you when you were coming up with names for your son, mm-hmm. did the name Tuffy even cross into your, like, field of vision at all? Like, I was am it, not that visionary. No. It feels like a bet <laughs> or, like, a family name. Yeah. All 1st firstborn males in this family have been named Tuffy. Yeah. Like, there's another didn't-read-the-fine-print mm-hmm. kind of situation. Yeah,
0: some woman is really regretting marrying into this family. Yeah. The ghost witches? Yeah. <laughs> so Vogelbach uh, came over from Chicago, so I'm sure he's very excited about leaving that team midseason. <laughs> and uh, was a highly rated, one of the highest, high, more highly rated uh First baseman prospects in the minors, mm-hmm. um, but you know the Cubs—they kind of already have a first baseman. I don't know who you're talking about. I believe his <coughs> is Anthony,
1: Anthony, Anthony, and uh Lizo. Something uh, Rizzo the Rat.
0: Yeah. from yeah. Uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah, clearly, clearly right. the son of Rizzo the Rat. Little small. Yeah, a little undersized, uh, but uh, quick. Yeah, okay. did win, did win a couple of MVPs. Last <laughs> just, year. just a couple. Just last year. So, there was a bit of a ceiling for Dan Vogelbach with the Cubs. Yeah. So, we get him to come over here. He's a highly touted prospect. He is coming off an injury, um, and, but he's going to get opportunities to seize the job, but he's probably going to have to platoon with Danny Valencia, who is like the Danny Woodhead of, <laughs> of baseball <laughs> players. If you look at him, he's, he's undersized, but he's scrappy.
1: I I I did notice. I don't know if 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 you realize this when you're doing your research that um, we have two first basemen named Dan or Danny. Yeah. And their last names are complicated V names. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Well, that way the they're thing. saving money right? on the nameplate when they put up the <laughs> rosters. They can just go Dan V, and they'll just tell which one of which yeah. one is is playing. They, they they both to. suit up. They yeah. both get ready to go. They can write that one in permanent marker. S- just before, yeah. just before game time. That is, that's that's
1: forward thinking. <laughs> um, I, I I'm actually pretty excited about uh, Jared Dyson.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and their uh, outfielding uh, core as a group, uh, especially with a hopefully healthy Leonis Martin, who I'm going to hope did not overperform last year because he was a really pleasant surprise. He was. Um, you and I had a couple conversations. Um, both midseason and towards the end of the year, that it was nice in 2016 to have a couple of pleasant surprises mm-hmm. um, out of either young players or freshman players uh, for the Mariners, at least, um, instead of
0: unpleasant surprises. Yeah, and, and Lennon's Martine was definitely one of those. Absolutely. Um, but one thing that did happen last year around Martine is when he got hurt, the lack of depth in mm-hmm. the outfield was put on glaring display. Yes. So, to counter that now, they're going to start three center fielders
1: mm-hmm. with
0: Jared Dyson, Leonis Martin, and Mitch Hanniger mm-hmm. at one time. Mm-hmm. So, if one of them goes down, mm-hmm. we still have two more center fielders mm-hmm. who can play because last year we tried to shift uh, Nori Yogi over there. Yes. And it did not it go well. Did not work. Yeah. yeah. You'll notice he was not asked back this
1: year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. A bold move by Surveys as well is that they're all going to be constantly in motion mm-hmm. uh, in the outfield yeah. uh,
0: while uh, the other teams are batting. Mm-hmm. So um, a bold strategy move, yeah, I think, on that. Keep up momentum. Mm-hmm. They never have to get started because they will
1: just never stop. Mm-hmm. Kind of just switching yeah, from right. one part of the outfield to the other mm-hmm. constantly. Um, so we'll see if that strategy works out. You know, everyone kind of poo-pooed. Yeah. Uh, the shift when that first came out yeah and uh, so we'll see what constant movement does for the Mariners we'll see
0: it can't you know (laughs) what's are they gonna be worse (laughs) we've seen worse Um, 2017 in
1: preview a lot has been made about the number of transactions uh, that Jerry DePito made uh, in the off season and whether that actually buys the Mariners anything in the long term And I think you and I are in agreement that it is definitely a win-now scenario Mm -hmm. um, or win-in-the-next-two-years scenario that they're really gunning for right now. That said, uh, you know, they won 86 games. If you have uh, a team like a Texas or, God forbid, a Houston that, you know, blows up again, is your ceiling... With what the Mariners have done in the offseason, is it actually any better than what they already put forth? And I don't know if it is. I'd like do these moves equal a ninety win season? They I I, I don't think that they equal a hundred win season, that's no. for sure. So you're going somewhere between maybe five to ten plus wins, hopefully from where you were before. And that's if everybody performs at, at their peak in mm. 2016 or at or, their average yeah. in, in, in 2016, if 2016 was their peak year. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know if that really happens. But a couple of different uh, outlets have the Mariners uh, paved in the top ten of uh, the teams in the major leagues. The problem is they're still usually behind Texas and Houston. Yeah. Almost every time. Yeah. So, uh, for instance, SI has the Mariners ranked as uh, their eighth team for 2017. The problem is the number 17 is Texas, and the number 16 is Houston.
0: Yeah, and Seattle will have to play Houston and Texas. A lot. Quite a few times. (laughs) So that's going to cost, even if they are technically on the field a better team than some of the other teams from, like, the Central or the East, Mm -hmm. the fact that they are constantly playing teams that are, many people consider to be top seven teams mm-hmm. in baseball this year, is going to hurt their win-loss record, which is right. going to then obviously impact their chances of making the playoffs. Yeah. Um, well, I saw one projection, I think, that the with all of the moves and everything, their chances of making the playoffs this year are 49%. And I was like, that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically flipping a coin.
1: That's where our standards are yeah. right now. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's frustrating to see all of this done and then go, well, you still have Texas and you still have Houston. The article in the Bleacher Report had Texas having kind of a drop off because again, when we talked about Texas last year, a lot of weird stuff seemed to happen around Texas. They were winning for really no good reason. Right. Um, there's a lot of kind of perfect storm scenarios that you saw around the 2001, 2002 Seattle Mariners were like, there's no one who's that Good. Yeah. But uh it all came together to produce wins. The problem is that even with Texas dropping off, no one sees the Mariners win total that I've seen in terms of their predictions going up above ninety. And so Houston has a higher ceiling, mm-hmm. I think, than the Mariners do, especially with um the moves that they've that they've done um in the uh, in the past year. They uh they added Brian McCann. Josh Reddick, uh, Carlos Beltran, and that's you know on top of uh, Jose Altuve, Carlos Carrera, um, and and then they they, they also have fantastic uh, starting rotation. Mm-hmm. So um, I think the, the the upside potential for Houston is a little bit greater than both the Mariners and Texas. Yeah, I think Mariners are going to be a little bit more consistent than Texas, but. Can they actually do anything with the new players that they've got?
0: Yeah, I, I think know. I think a lot of the moves have been kind of to plug holes. Yes, necessarily like oh, we need more depth in the bullpen. Okay, I'll make that move. Well, now we need <laughs> more depth in the out- oh, okay, okay, I'll make that move. And so you end up kind of treading water, mm-hmm. trading one deficiency for another, mm-hmm. and coming out even. Now maybe this will help them avoid that swoon mm-hmm. that always kills them, and that's mm-hmm. that'll be good. But no, I don't think that they're going to... Their ceiling is not a 100-win team. Yeah. That's, not, that's not what they're going to... Unless they get extremely lucky and start getting huge contributions from guys that they are not counting on, Right. then this is not a 100-win team. So uh, it feels like they kind of... They traded a lower basement yeah, for a lower ceiling. Yeah, that's fair. So you have to then hope that Houston doesn't play up to their ceiling, and you have to hope that Texas... Doesn't play up to their ceiling. Or that they lost that rabbit's foot that they had last year. (laughs) That gypsy. Yeah. She, I think she moved to Texas. Oh,
1: man, that would be so frustrating. It would be interesting to see how Arizona does Mm -hmm. um, this year because last I heard she was still in Phoenix. If there's Cattell Marte action that happens down there. Somebody's got to help him win the MVP. Um, Oh, man. Uh, MVP, Cattell Mm Marte, Cy Young, Taiwan Walker. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, our bull predictions for <laughs> 2017. Um,
0: Continued success for people who escape
1: yeah, <laughs> So before we go, before we start to wrap up, uh, do we kind of want to do a little, this is a second season mm-hmm. of YOY Podcast, a 2017 season of YOY Podcast.
0: Yeah, um, the season
1: one cliffhanger,
0: not great. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> We're finding our footing from a storytelling standpoint. <laughs> Uh, we were
1: season four of Lost mm-hmm. in our season one. Now we hope to be season one of Lost in right. season two. Yeah, um, does that make sense? That kind of made sense. It made as much sense as Lost. <laughs> so <laughs> well shit. <laughs> um, so we're on that level. We have uh, we have an exciting uh, Hall of Fame induction to talk about, and then also Edgar Martinez. Mm-hmm. We also have uh, some more player profiles, yes. some more team profiles, yep. coach profiles. I think uh, we're probably... I th- we need to sit down and talk to our kids about uh, Jeff Cirillo. Yeah, we need to warn them. Um, <clears throat> this guy named Mark Trumbo turns out might be pretty good at baseball. Wasn't when he played for the Mariners. Nope. Um, and then... Oh, God. We we'd probably... Just because it's going to either happen this year or next year, we might as well do our Adrian Beltray episode this year.
0: Yeah, or we'll, we can just wait another year and, and he'll break every every record for third baseman in baseball history. Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! One that got away. Yeah, one that got away.
1: I miss you, Adrian. Yeah, we'll 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 probably need to talk about Adrian Beltran. Yeah, point we team, have plenty
0: so. of heartache to
1: continue. <laughs> um, so stick around. Uh, find us uh, on Facebook, uh, YOY Podcast. Uh, we are on Twitter. We're kind of back on Twitter. Yeah, we'll probably start tweeting a little bit more than we have been in the off season. I would
0: hope so. Uh, which was zero. Yeah, so, so you know, it's a low ceiling, um, low floor. What uh, what's our what's our handle? I believe in us at YOY Podcast at
1: YOY Podcast. Yeah and uh yypodcast podcast at gmail dot com mm-hmm. um send us your emails and if you sent us emails we might not have even looked at the uh looked at our email in a while so we'll have to start checking that
0: with regularity again, yeah or at least to to clear out the the spam
1: yeah, let us know if you uh if you have been a part of a trade from Jerry to this you know in the last three months, if you've been sent to Arizona or sent to Baltimore, we want to hear from you and make sure you check because you might not even have known. <laughs> he was very busy. Yeah, uh, it was nice to it was nice to do this again. It was, it was fun. Um, we will uh, we will talk to you guys shortly. Absolutely.